Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. Back again after being out on the West Coast for a few days, it's Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Things are a little different out West. They're very different. Yeah. The weather was nice. Yeah. That's but um, that's why California has so many people. It's the weather. Yeah, but I I wasn't in Kansas anymore out there. <laughs> I got, And it's funny how just about everybody I talked to, they said, you're either from Georgia or you're from Texas. And I guess our accent stands out that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a cool trip. Lane had a his first professional triathlon out there, so that was uh that was interesting. He he's never done a what I call a big boy race before. That was his first one, so it was a it was cool. It was, it's actually the the venue for the twenty twenty eight L A Olympics. That's cool. And that's always kind of been his goal. Yeah, is for that. So it was neat to go out there and and know that we'll probably be going out there for the next seven years, racing on that same course with the hopes of you know, who knows what'll happen in seven years from now. Maybe one day being on the big stage. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. It would be cool. Well, we're going to share a story today that talks about <clears throat> how important it is to allow God to control what we do. Um, a lot of times we have a hard time giving God control, but we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And Dean's thoughts this week. We'll get a little deeper than we did in last week's Seesaw story, which was a little more fun. Uh, and we're going to talk about truth and how important it, it is to accept the truth. Hmm. Well, before we do that, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Now, remember, if you're out there and you own a business and you want to become a sponsor of Run for God, if you want to become a partner, uh, you can r- email Lane. We just talked about Lane. You can email him at runlanehollis at gmail.com, and he'll get you all the information. But this week's sponsor is Smile Doctors Orthodontics, um, and they're they're your best choice for braces in this area. It's a fun, playful environment that takes all the stress out of braces, and we know anytime you can take stress out of going to the dentist, that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. um, the workers there are very caring, and they work towards each patient's specific needs until they're complete. Your first consultation is free, and they'll examine exactly what your needs are for you personally. If you're interested in getting braces, find your local Smile Doctors now to get your free consultation. That's awesome. Facebook post from this past week. Uh, Shannon Allister, she had two posts, Mm -hmm. and this was about a race that she ran, and so I thought I would share both of them. The first post was, I did it. Goal was to finish, have fun, and enjoy. I even remembered to take pics along the way. Having my family at the finish line was a two-year dream. Grateful forever for Brandy Idler Glinsky. I am ready for next month. Her second post was this. First half finished. Goals to do better next time and take away. Train, train, train. Hills included. Pack frozen H2O for the hot day. Have fun and take pics. Set your watch or gadget before before the start. Appreciate the water stations. Hydrate. And thank the water cup picker-upper folks. <laughs> Don't try anything new. 
and listen to the veteran runners. They know. <laughs> what a great day at the San Diego Half Marathon. Wow. A lot of good information there. A lot of things. It's, I like to see somebody who's going out there and doing it for the first time and then taking something away from it. Yeah, congratulations to Shannon. I mean, it appears that that's her first half marathon. That's right. Yep, she said first half. So congratulations. That's uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, I love it when I see somebody who learns something new from when they do something new. And instead of beating themselves up because maybe they didn't hit a goal or, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's just... That's what experience is all about, right? Mm -hmm. It's about learning from what we do and then trying to do it better next time. And so that's kind of, it looks like that's what she did. She's thankful for it, but there's some things where she feels like she might have made a mistake or two and she'll do better next time. Yeah, I mean, I've always said the best way to learn is to do. Yeah. And an even better way to learn is to teach. That's yeah. why we always say, you know, there's no better way to learn this sport than to teach a Run for God class because you'll learn as much or more than the students you're teaching. Absolutely. So great job to Shannon. Yeah, and these are pretty good ideas she had, except for the frozen water thing. I'm not big on pro. I, you know, I don't really like cold water. I don't either. Yeah, uh, I. But now I've got some of my athletes that they won't drink it if it's not cold. Really. And then I've got others who say, "Hey, get me a water, but not one from the cooler." So we've got we've got them a, a wide range. There's nothing worse than being getting done with a really hot workout. And then drinking something that's ice cold, and you get one of those brain freezes yeah. when you're still trying to catch your breath. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm like you. I don't, I don't like it super cold. Yeah, and I'm kind of that way with everything. Our ice maker at home, it rarely gets used. It, I mean, I remember when my mother was staying with us for about nine months, and uh, it, it got used every day when mm. she was staying with us. And the only thing I use it for is to fill up coolers. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm the it. same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she said, don't do anything new. We've heard that one before, haven't we? We try to preach that over and over again yeah, in all of these programs. Yeah, still do it. Yeah. It, it, they, get, they get a mesmerized by these race expos. Yeah. And they I, go there, and there is some new gel or some new, especially the nutrition, and it's like, I'm going to try that tomorrow morning. Yeah. And for some reason, they know that that's not a good idea, but for some reason, the person at that expo has made them think, oh, yeah, this would be a great idea to try tomorrow morning on your first marathon yeah you know whatever it is yeah and uh yeah and then uh, they pay for it yeah the one that gets me is shoes a lot of times people will buy a new pair of shoes the day yeah. before a race and then go running those I'm like oh no no don't yeah. do that now, have you ever forgot your shoes at a race forgotten them mm -hmm. i've never forgotten mine yeah but i know, I know several people that have I and they too. had to buy new shoes the yeah. day before a race yep that boggles my mind i mean there's really only one piece of equipment you need Yeah. at a race. How do you forget that one piece of equipment? Of course, I say that, and Lane forgot a seat one time. Well, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> he packed his whole bike and forgot to pack the seat, so yeah, I guess that's about as bad. You kind of need that seat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and she talks about training. You don't, you know, you don't want to regret all of those missed days mm -hmm. when race day comes. Because that's one of the things that, that goes through your mind on race day. So, you know, if you're out there and, and, and you have a hard time motivating yourself, sometimes my best motivation is I don't want to be on race. I don't want to be there on race day and regret the fact I didn't get in the workout or whatever I needed to do. So, um, cause I know I'll go back and I'll think about that. Mm -hmm. And so that's maybe sometimes it's a good motivator. Yeah. So, yeah. So did Lane learn anything from this weekend? Well, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, this was the first time he had ever raced 
the big guns. I mean, uh, two of these guys were actually leaving this race, headed to Tokyo for the Olympics. Um, there was several other formal, former Olympians in this race. Um, yeah, it's just a different dynamic when you're racing that caliber athletes. I'm sure it's the same way in running races. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we, you and I talked about this beforehand. We, I think one thing we've learned over this past year is, um, there's no secret sauce to training. Yeah. Um, it's, it's doing what you know works and doing it consistently. You know, I yeah. think the best athletes in the world, they've got this figured out. They, they know it works and they do it day after day after day after day after yeah. day. And that's, that's what leads to world-class athletes. And, and I think there's this myth out there and, and I've bought into this myth before that there's something, there's something secret yeah. that some people know that makes you even more faster. And what I've learned is I just don't think that's the case. What, what yeah. do you think? I agree with you. I, I, here's what I've observed is if you look at the progression of like world records mm -hmm. and how fast people are, we have more people that are fast these days than we did 30 years ago, 40 sure. years ago. But they're, most of the gains are from better tracks, better shoes, better equipment. Um, it's not really from training. Mm -hmm. the, the advances that we think we've made in training, and, and a lot of them have been good, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that are out there that I think are good things, but they really haven't been what has contributed to making people faster. And uh, so it, it kind of goes back to the same thing that you said. You know, back in the, I think it was 19, it was in the 70s, the fastest Boston Marathon for the top 100 Boston Marathon participants was way back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Wouldn't you think there would be more fast people these days? Well, the truth is, is people back then believed in the no pain, no gain thing, and they just worked their tails off. And, and this, this, this day and time, I see it all the time. It pops up in my Facebook feed and it says, you know, run your fastest 5k on, you know, 20 minutes a day or something. It's like, no, it's a myth. It, it's not the way it works. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's the thing that. Yeah. I'm say. convinced. I mean, we, we've coached a lot of athletes through the years and, and I've observed a lot of elite athletes by being around them at some of these races. And what I've learned is is nothing replaces, you know, as Lane said when he was very little, I think he said this when he was seven years old, nothing nothing replaces running your guts out. That's it. That's <laughs> a good way to put it. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think that really it, it hit home for me this weekend, just seeing that field out there and, and knowing some of the guys that I know and um, that there's no secret. It's, yeah. it's who's willing to put the time in, who's willing to work, the hardest you yeah. know there is there is some legitimacy to the idea of uh training smarter but i think where i've taken issue this past year is the 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 phrase training smarter not harder yeah i think you can train smarter and harder and harder yeah and um yeah, I think yeah, I think Lane's Lane's definitely got a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I've never been at a, a venue. I've never been part of a venue like that. I mean, because Lane was racing and um, with that those caliber of guys out there, and it was really neat to watch. I mean, God, three guys were sub fifteen on the run. 
Yeah, I saw that. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's fun to watch. It that's is. It's got to yeah. be fun to and watch. Just the intensity. And, and, you, and it's because I know what all went into that. You're I right. mean, it's just years and years and years of, of getting to that point. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. We, hit, we did have a trivia question last week, and of course, it was connected to the Olympics. By the time this podcast comes out, the Olympics will be already on. Mm-hmm. And so the gold medal winner in the high jump in the 1968 Olympics has been extremely influential to almost all who have come after him. What was his name, and what did he do that was so influential? Did you know this one? Did not. Dick, Never heard this name. Dick Fosbury. Um, you know how, how high jumpers are, because you've never seen it any other way, I'm sure. High jumpers, they go over with their back, they arch their back. and they. Well, I have seen the videos the way they used to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right, the straddle method. Right. Yeah. Um, Almost but, like a hurdle. Yeah. Kind of. Well, now, so that was a scissor method, too. They had the okay, scissor so method, there's another method. And there's a, yeah, the scissor method is, is kind of in between the Fosbury flop and the, the roll, what they called the western roll back then, mm. which was going over with your belly down. So oh, you went over. I've and you, never seen anybody go over with their belly. Yeah, you kind of put one arm and leg over first, and then you kind of roll and your 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 whole body over, and then pull your arm and your other leg over as you go. Hmm. Um, and there were some pretty successful people that that did that. But Dick Fosbury, it's, it's interesting how he got up to the, this because he he had trouble clearing the opening height in his high school meets. This is an Olympic champion that had trouble clearing opening heights in his in his high school meets when he was a sophomore in high school and he thought there's got to be a wet better way to do this and so that he started with the whole scissors kick thing that you were talking about um and he he finally started going over back first he also created what they call the j-shaped run-up which is the way that 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 High jumpers used to run just straight into the bar or at an angle to the bar, but he created that that run where you run in toward the bar and then you turn mm-hmm. before, just before you get to the bar. Get your momentum. Yeah, and uh, so he, he kind of invented that as well. So the Fosbury flop is very important um, to the high jump for sure because almost everybody uses it nowadays. Hmm. Um, yeah, Dick Fosbury was born in Portland, Oregon, Interesting. Interestingly, though, he did not go to the University of Oregon. He went to Oregon State, um, but he did stay in Oregon. Uh, it's funny, he barely made it to the 1968 Olympic Games, which he won. <laughs> he was going into the, the, the final. There were four men that had cleared seven feet one inch in the Olympic trials. He was one of them, um, but he was fourth because of, uh, because of misses and, and, and the way that the scoring goes. And so uh, they went up to seven foot two inches. And if he didn't clear seven foot two inches, he couldn't make it. He would have been the fourth guy and the odd man out. Fortunately, he and two others cleared seven feet two inches, and he made it to the Olympics in third place in the Olympic trials, and then goes to the Olympics and then wins. Now, what uh, did he win with? He won the Olympics. I uh, can't remember what the Olympics time was. He, he set the world record. His highest jump was uh, no. He set the American. Yeah, he set the American record in the Olympics, jumping seven four and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big jump. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't think seven two to seven four and a half is. It's pretty good. A lot, but that's pretty good jump. That's yeah. quite a jump. Mm. Um, yeah, and then of course, obviously, people started using the Fosbury flop more after that. But it still took a few years. You know, the next Olympics, twenty eight out of the forty competitors there used it. Which uh, you can look at that as being really fast or really not 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 super fast, but uh, but it was amazing how it just revolutionized the sport. 
Uh, and it's almost the only way that you see people jumping nowadays. Um, somebody told me they have seen some people use kind of the Western roll kind of stuff, but it, you just don't see it hardly at all anymore. Um, the, 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 the thing about the, the Fosbury flop that's so special about it is it keeps your center of gravity low. And that's why the the Fosbury flop is so much more effective than than anything else is because you literally don't have to jump as high off the ground to clear the bar doing that as you do any other type of jumping. So hmm. interesting. Most, most recently, he was elected to an office in Idaho, which is where he lives now. Um, yeah, so it's interesting he, that he's uh, he's now into politics. I think he's seventy four years old now. I think is what I read. Um, and and. And I, I, I thought about how do you revolutionize? How do you do something different than anybody else has ever done it before? And I was listening to a podcast recently from a guy who had this condition. He now he for for uh, one of the things that he did was he drew. He in and in order to draw, um, you know, you got to put your hand on the page. Well, every time he would put his hand on the page, his pinky. Every time he touched the page with his pinky, it, it would spasm. And he got to the point he couldn't draw. And it, this this hampered him, and he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, there's nothing you can do for it. There's absolutely nobody has ever done anything for this condition. There's no medication. There's nothing you can do for this condition. And so this guy decided, well, I'm going to be the first person to ever be able to overcome this problem. <laughs> Instead of going, ah, oh, I've just got to live with this. He right. said, I'm going to be the first guy. To, so what he did was – he would go and he would practice. He would take his pen in his hand and he would put his hand on the page and he would wait until his pinky spasm. <coughs> and then <coughs> he would pull his hand back off the page and then he would put his hand back down. He'd wait for his pinky to spasm and he'd pull his hand back off the page. And he did this for hours at a time over and over and over. And it got to the point where he could do it for a full second. And then it was five seconds and then soon he got over it. He was, and as far as he knows, he was the first person to ever get over this. I can't remember the name of what, what he did, but just being persistent. If you're up, if you're out there and you're, you're beating your head against a wall about anything and you can't figure it out. Sometimes it's just a matter of just having the, just I, I, almost the, the gall to say, <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to beat this. I don't care that it's really, really hard and that nobody else seems to be able to do it. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of what we just talked about. It's, it is. It's persistence. It's, yeah. You know, the doctor <laughs> said there's no secret fix to this. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, there is. I'll just keep at it. And yeah. uh, just, just a lot to learn there. Step by step, a little yeah. at a time. Yep. Dick Fosbury, interesting guy. All right, we're... Uh, so we're we're by the time this comes out, we will have needed to have registered for Disney, the Disney Marathon. So hopefully, we've got a bunch of people registered at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious as to how fast it's going to sell out, or if it's going to sell out. You know, usually Disney is is taking a little while for the marathon to sell out. Yeah. Uh, but this is a different year. You know, we're coming out of the pandemic and. So I don't know. Hopefully everybody was sitting at their computers ready to register. They wanted to get registered. And um, so, yeah. So we've had some people asking about what about next year. There, yeah. There is going to be a next year. And uh, we are going to be starting first part of January. 
Uh, all the details are not complete yet, so we're not releasing all the details just yet. But it's going to be bigger, and it's going to be better. We're not going to be graduating at Disney. We're going to be graduating somewhere where we don't have to worry about everybody sitting in a computer and registering all at one time. We've, yeah. we've, uh, we're, we're putting the final touches on a partnership with a race, um, a little bit smaller race. Well, quite a bit smaller race. It's still a big race. Uh, but the race directors, they're just, they're excited yeah. to have us, uh, which, you know, Disney, they don't care if we're there or not. I mean, race that big, but, uh, so yeah, we are going to start in January again. We are going to graduate the next January, January, 2023. Uh, but we've actually going to, we're going to have two, uh, well, actually three races where we can all gather together. Obviously the 5k, which is free. If you come to Georgia and you're, you're a member of run club, then, then that one's free. That's a great time for us all to get together, but also the half marathon and the marathon, uh, we're partnering with the same race organizer who, who puts on both of these races, two different States, um, uh, the half marathon in October. So go ahead and be kind of thinking about, you know, if you want to come and join us for the half marathon in October, uh, the full marathon in January, and then obviously the, the 5k in April, which is free if you come to Georgia. So it's, uh, and then we're going to have a little bit different, um, we're going to have something very different for the 10k, uh, that we'll, we'll get the details out later on that, but it's going to be a really cool year. We're, we're putting a lot of time into planning this because, you know, if, like we've talked about several times, we had no idea that this was going to turn into what it has. I mean, yeah. this has pretty much revolutionized the Run for God ministry, yeah. this whole couch to marathon idea, and it's because it it is such a big goal for runners. So let's yeah. uh, let's go with it. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this this year. But then to see, I just the numbers are going to be so much higher next year. It's, now, have you ever run Disney? Gonna, I've never run Disney. Nope. So this will be my first time. Yeah, well, it's flat. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, there aren't any hills out there. I mean, you the got only overpasses. Hills, the only hills out there are the ones created right. by man. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know that uh, you know that Disney is built. There's a basement in Disney, mm-hmm. so Disney was they, they kind of built this whole big thing and then they covered it up, and mm-hmm. then <laughs> so the hill act there is a hill going up into Disney, right? And that's it. That's the only hill. Yeah, it's it's one floor high. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It is. All right. Hey, if uh, if you haven't downloaded J Radio yet and haven't checked out the Run for God channel, you can still do that. So go check out J Radio because it is the world's greatest digital music platform. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at jradio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store. All right, you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. If you have any questions or want to know something, I was just going over an email this morning that was very, very detailed. 
about the, the position that somebody's in, asking lots of questions about modifying what we're doing and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, send those to me and I'll be glad to uh, give you the best answer I can. Mm. Some of them I know, right? I mean, they're really pretty straightforward mm -hmm. and some of them are head scratchers you gotta but dig that, a little that's kind of fun because yeah. then i get to learn a little bit too yeah and i like that no better so, way to learn than teach that's right yeah. so uh and we want you to share your story we are going to talk about somebody's story here in just a few minutes and we want to hear yours mm -hmm. so if you haven't shared your story yet please please go to uh, runforgodrunclub.com and share your story um because everybody has a great story that somebody else needs to hear. Absolutely. And so uh, you may not think so, but somebody needs to hear it. And then maybe you'd like to share your story live. If you do, um, we'll, we'll get you in here and we'll do it live. We'll either do it right here in this studio. We'll do it in the J Radio studio. Or we'll do it somewhere. Those are fun. They are fun. And uh, last week we had Gay. Did you listen to Gay? You haven't listened to Gay's yet. I, I, as of this recording, I haven't listened to it yet because right. you haven't got it out to me yet. But, That's uh, right. Yeah, I bet that was a. I bet that was a ball of fun. You know it. You know it. It's always fun. To <laughs> did talk she to yell at you any? She didn't yell at me. Okay. Not No, I think she felt she she didn't want there to she, be public. She was on her best behavior. She was. Okay. She was, so that was good. Yeah. This time. This time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we often use the phrase "God is in control," but do we live our lives that way? You know, Matthew 6, 26 and 27 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Uh, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So the question is, do we really give God control? Or do we just say we do? Mm, it's a convicting question. Yeah. This comes from Kristen Shirley. From a place called Dalton, Georgia. Mm -hmm. heard I've heard of that place. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's called God is in Control. One rainy day in the spring, a strong desire to start running again haunted me. I fought it daily, using every excuse I could to reason against the insanity of a 53-year-old woman pounding the road, a sure recipe for disaster and bodily injury. However, the persistence of this desire propelled me tentatively to go out and explore the wooded trails behind our home. For three weeks, starting with one day a week, then two, then three, I managed to eke out a 25 to 30 minute jog. Why so cautious? Because in the past 15 years, since my last consistent running, I had tried to run, but within a couple of weeks would experience foot and hip pain. At the time, I chalked it up to middle age and accepted the fact that running was no longer in my future. My dream of running a half marathon was gone. However, with all my self-doubt and apprehension, God had other plans. It's hard to believe that one year later, I would have completed two 5Ks, two 10Ks, a 12K, and three half marathons. I've had personal PRs that I thought I'd never achieve. And I'm looking forward to future races, which currently includes training for my first marathon in June. What I didn't know is that God would use the journey of running to teach, guide, and strengthen my faith. It's also opened my eyes and heart, which has resulted in a deeper relationship with Him. I have learned that our daily struggles in life mirror the struggles of a training regimen. There are days when I didn't feel like getting out of bed on a cold, wet, dreary day and times that I wanted to give up on a tough training run. However, I always knew that God was with me 
encouraging me to trust him and calling me to runs, calling me to meet the challenge and to endure the obstacles while focusing on him. My runs became a source of joy and spiritual growth, a time spent in prayer and praise. I came to treasure Jesus as an essential part of my runs, the best running partner God could provide. I began to realize that if the Lord cared this much about my running, how much more would he care about my daily life struggles? All he asked me to do is use the same methods I used to meet my running goals and apply them to my life. So I began to do just that. First, I realized I needed to transfer my discipline and training to my spiritual growth. It became a priority for me to set daily time aside dedicated to reading the word and praying. Second, I knew the only reason I succeeded in running was because I was focused on God during my training, especially when it became difficult. So now, when the trials of life become overbearing, I immediately begin to focus on the Lord. More importantly, if I had not listened to His voice and obeyed Him, I would not have experienced the transformation that God had planned for me, the gift of endurance, the strengthening of my faith, the ability to trust Him in all situations, the joy and the ability to serve others by encouraging them to meet their running goals, and most significantly, to give God all the glory in everything that I do. Running makes me realize that I am helpless without God. I realize how important it is that I sacrifice the desires of my life and submit my will to His. Instead of trying to control every detail of my own life, whether it be running or dealing with the challenges of this, this world sets upon us, if I seek God's will, then I know I am covered by His grace and mercy. In this way, nothing becomes more important to me than God, thus putting in perspective the role running plays in my life. I have no desire to run unless it is in His name and for His glory. In addition, I have wondered, why running, God? Why now? After many hours of prayer, it has been made clear that running, although it gives me a sense of accomplishment and improves my health, is not sufficient to please God. However, my motivations should be the opportunity through running to share and encourage others in their running journey and to share the gospel. Ah. That's a great story. Um, man, Kristen just, she, her story is like so many other stories about yeah. it's. I mean, it's where the heart of this ministry is, is, is she sees vividly the parallels of running and her walk with Christ and, and, and running in, in so many other areas of her life. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if you're disciplined in the sport, then you've got all the tools you need to be a great follower of Christ, to be a great employee, to be great at whatever you do, because it's it's just like we talked about earlier. It's putting your head down and doing the thing over and over. And to be a great follower of Christ, it's it's putting your head down literally in prayer daily. Every day and reading your Bible, it's it's the repetition, it's the it's it's the discipline of of doing what needs to be done, and that's just that's just where these worlds collide. Yeah, and how many times is it that it sounds like she, we've talked about this? You talk about this all the time about how sometimes we make plans and then we ask God to bless them. Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, she went in with a plan. Mm -hmm. And she started to execute that plan, and then God intervened mm -hmm. in the middle of what she was doing. 
yeah. and just kind of kind of gently inserted himself into it, which I love. I, and and God does that all the time. Yeah, you know we we talk about you know don't plan things out and 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 God and and ask God to bless them, but sometimes God goes, you're doing okay. I'm, let me come in here and 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 kind of teach you some lessons. And and that's what it sounds like happened here. Um, as soon as the plan started, things things started to get hard. She started thinking about the parallels, and it really made a big difference in her life. Well, and I think but, the important part, the, the important part is, there's nothing wrong with having a plan. I'm a planner. Yeah. You know, but it's how flexible are we in that plan? You know, I, Lane and I have talked many times about, you know, he's got this this goal of the 2028 Olympics, and that's great to have that goal out there. But if, if you're, if you're working toward a goal, if you're working towards something, if you're working toward a marathon or whatever it is, or trying to make the Olympics, you got to leave those doors open Yeah. because in marching toward that goal, God may have something better on that path. Yeah. And and you've got, you've got to be marching toward that goals with your wide, eyes wide open at the opportunities that may come along, which may not take you to that actual goal, but it may take you somewhere better that God's got in store for yeah. you. So I, it sounds like that's what happened here. Yeah. She was marching toward her goal, and God said, hey, let's go over here. Yeah, and you know, maybe most, the most valuable thing that she learned here was that when things get hard, that's when we go to God. Mm-hmm. I've been through, I've shared on this podcast before, that you know I went through a summer of being unemployed, mm-hmm. and I didn't immediately run to God. You know, I, I got pretty, I got pretty down for a little while and then it, God whacked me upside the head with a two by four and it's like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, look, look, I'm over here. And I was like, <laughs> I'm oh, over yeah. here working. Yeah. Come yeah. join me. And I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so when you can, when you can get to the point where your default is God, things are getting hard. I need yeah. your help. Um, then you know, obviously, we want them to help us with everything, not just when things get hard. Sure. But um, when 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 that's our first choice and our first thought, yeah. right, then then we're on the right track. Scripture Romans five three and four, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. <laughs> we just talked about this one recently. We, we said we need a T-shirt that says "Tribulation, Perseverance, Character, Hope." We're gonna make one of those. We need to do that. I like that idea. I'm gonna put that on my to-do list. I'm gonna <laughs> put that on my strikeout list. That's which right. Is not that? laying right here. Where is that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's too far away. That's why this T-shirt hasn't been made yet because my strikeout <laughs> list has not been laying here. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I, I I love I love this. You know, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, the idea of glorying in tribulations is 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 it's just it's so hard to think about, right? Uh, it is, but we've talked wired. about so many times before how we we love this concept when it comes to training. We do, you know. I I love, but we love it after we're done, right? I mean, y- the, yes and no. I mean, when I mean, how many times have you been on a run and let's say it's just storming out? or it's snowing and it is hard or you're in the middle of that. I'm not going to say tempo run cause I've never been there in a tempo run, but you're in the middle of a longer run and it's hard. And you're like, you just, you're like something inside of you is like, this is awesome. Yeah. I agree with that. But I've never been walking through a Valley where God has me <laughs> and think 
this is awesome. But I should. Right. Because I know that when God walks us through that valley, when we have that long run, that long run is leading to something better. When God's walking us through that valley, we know from experience, we know from what God's Word says, we know from this exact verse that it leads to something better. But I have never been able to get there. And I think I think I just think that's the struggle is that's why this ministry is is I love it because it it shows us something over here that we can model that after. Yeah. And but I have still yet to get to the place where maybe it's because we go into a hard run by choice and many times we don't go into the valleys of life by choice. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I think that makes a difference for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a great reminder to have tribulation, perseverance, character, hope. I mean, because that's a, it's a it's a vicious cycle, but in the end, it makes us better. Yeah, and I love in verse five where it says, "Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us." I love that phrase. Hope does not disappoint. Mm-hmm. That just gives me goosebumps just to For say sure. It. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Um, it, I, I find this verse hard to say these days. It used to be, this used to, I used to hear this verse all the time and I used to quote this verse and, and all that. But now, I guess because I've just looked at this one so many times, it's hard to, to stop there. It's hard to say, trust in the Lord with your, all your heart and lean not on your own understanding without going into the the rest of the verse right in all your ways acknowledge him and he will he shall direct your paths because it all goes together doesn't it yeah yeah and but i think it's also because you know when when we are in these valleys which we've been we're talking about the valleys and how they make you stronger but many times when you're in these valleys you don't understand yeah and when you when you try to start figuring it out that's many times where we go off the rails yeah you know God, why are we here? We ask the question, God, why are we here? Then we go try to figure out why, and we start trying to fix things, and that's where everything goes wrong. But just trust the process. You know, it's just like a athlete coach. You know, many times an athlete will question, Dean, why are we doing this workout? And then what's going to happen when they start trying to change things? It's not going. It's not going to wind up good. Yeah. Because you you see the big picture. That's right. They're trusting you. And yeah. It's the same way we are with with Christ. We just we need to acknowledge where we're at. Yeah, it may stink, but trust in the process. We know, I mean, God above any coach, yeah, has our back. That's and it's true. But it's it's so hard. Human nature just it is. gets in our way, doesn't it? Yeah, I sometimes have a difficult time reconciling this verse with Matt, with the verse in Matthew. Where Jesus tells the the disciples, if you only had the f- faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. Sure, you know because, I mean, he's he, he, trust it in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own own, own understanding, and God's going to take care of stuff. And and yet Jesus is telling us, but you can't do that because <laughs> you're just too human. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's it's it, it's interesting. I think even the that whole. That whole part of with all your heart, I think, is the hardest part mm-hmm. of that verse. Because if our entire heart was all wrapped around what God wanted for us, the truth is, would we ever feel exposed? Would we ever feel like we, we, he didn't have our back? 
we wouldn't, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the truth of it, and that hurts to say it because we're, we're all, we've all been in the boat. We've all felt that before. So that's, that's a hard thing to, uh, to, to reconcile. 2 Timothy 4, 5, but you, but, you, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Basically, say keep your head down. Yeah, and do the work. Yeah. Um, what? Well, it's what it's come, funny how all these stories, all the way from the very beginning of this podcast till now, it's yeah. all just flows together. Yeah. Um, well, what comes before this verse is relevant. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministries. Yeah, that's exactly God, right. It's exactly right. That's it, it's. Keep, keep. You, you you asked me earlier what I learned about this past week with Lane's training, and it's that there is no secret sauce. It's exactly it's exactly what's being said here. There it don't. Don't turn to sophistication. Don't turn because so many times we do we complicate mm-hmm. the gospel. We do. We we start trying to say, well, you need to do this or you need to do that. No, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you need to go tell others about Him. It really is that simple. Yeah. Put your head down. Do the work. Go tell others about Jesus. Man, that's a great verse. That just really gets me fired up this morning because <laughs> I can see that in your eyes. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think you're right because that's what it's people people would be turned aside to fables, people will believe in the magic sauce, people are gonna buy that thing that they advertise on television that promises that you can do, you know you can do X Y Z you can replace your ha- your hair with a with a can of spray paint, you know because the problem is not usually the problem is not those things the the problem is not a devotion on how to be a better Christian and, and, and a nuanced subject of the faith. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, a, a particular nuanced workout that might help you get one-tenth faster on a run. But what we do so many times is we allow those nuanced workouts, those nuanced learning of how to be a better Christian to replace the simple do the work. Yeah. We think we just like you talked about earlier, become a you know a a two thirty marathoner on twenty miles a week. Yeah. That doesn't work. No. Period. Become a better Christian by only reading your Bible once a month. It, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you you gotta we gotta learn to work smarter and harder. Yeah. Same thing with our walk with Christ. We can we can be smarter. We can gain more knowledge, but we can't do it at the expense of not doing what the Bible clearly tells us to do. And it's to have a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we can make that better, then great. But yeah. don't let that thing that we're saying is going to make us better, don't let it replace yeah. what we know works. And it's comprehensive, right? 
I'm thinking about a particular, and I won't mention any names, but a particular pastor who's huge, big, big pastor in, mm -hmm. in this country, who has a huge following, but all he preaches is positivity. All he talks <clears throat> about is, you know. The, the, and there's the, nothing the, wrong with preaching positivity. No, that's great, except there's another side to it. Right. There's that, a side that you're going to suffer. Right. It's like These being a, verses say that. It's like being a triathlete and doing nothing but swimming. And just hoping your bike and your run will be good. No, you're going to have to bike and run too. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we need all of it. It's all comprehensive, right? <laughs> I think we could stay parked here for a couple we, hours. We could. We better move on. <laughs> uh, how about this question? Is your, is your dream for your life or your desire to run greater than your desire to submit your life to God? Now she's meddling. <laughs> it's, it's where this all began. Yeah. Yeah, for it, me, I mean, yeah. I, I I wasn't that great of a runner, but I I, I had desires to run. I, that's all I wanted to do, and it's just like anything, anything in life that we put between us and God becomes an idol. And you can you can put a different word in here: is your dream for your life or your desire to X? And that's going to be the answer of: is that an idol or is it not an idol? Yeah. That could be hunting. That could be, is your desire to whatever you want to put in there. Mm -hmm. If the answer to that question is yes, you need to take it to the altar. Some of these things are really hard, too. There, there's a lot of gray area here. And let me give you a good example. Some, we make it gray. Well, we make it gray, but there is gray area. And let, me, let, me, let me give you an example okay. of one um, this week. I am going to um, to Iowa mm -hmm. to run some races. I've been wanting to run these races for years, and I've just never done it. And the reason why I haven't done it is because of Vacation Bible School. Mm. And so I've stayed at I've stayed at home so I could be part of Vacation Bible School. Our Vacation Bible School again co coincided. So I'm going to be there for the couple of days that I can be there, and I'm not going to be there for a couple of days of Vacation Bible School. Is that wrong? I mean, it's a gray area, right? Should I? I mean, no, I don't think it's gray because it's you're, you're talking about two scheduling things. Submitting your life to God. You have submitted your life to God. I, I don't think that's. I mean, I miss I miss church for different things. I missed church this past weekend because we were out there for Lane's race. Um, I think it's where I think. I think it's not gray because it depends on where it stacks up to your walk with Christ. I know you, and I know running doesn't rise above your relationship with Christ. And to me, that's why it's not gray. Well, and, and I justify it this way by thinking that, okay, I'm going to be wearing this big singlet that says Run for God on it. Sure. And I might, if I run really well, I could win a national championship mm -hmm. with a run for God pasted across my chest. That could that could be a a good witness, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that's kind of the way that I, that I've justified it. But it's still hard, right? There's still there's still some. Well, does that mean I don't care about the kids? Well, I know I I know I care about the kids, right? But see, but the it, fact still, that you're struggling with this decision tells me it's not a gray area. I guess is because that's. You're 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 conscious of it. You you you're making you're making a decision 
and you're counting all the cost and you're you're weighing both sides and you're going to go with your conviction. To me, the gray area is where I was the day before HR Poe confronted me. Yeah, and it's that I didn't I didn't see that I didn't see that running was becoming an idol in my life and I was confronted with it. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I guess we're looking at it two different ways, but. We're, we're both looking at it right, I think. Well, and I think everybody has a struggle occasionally with something like that, yeah. right? Where we, we just, we're not sure how yeah. we should handle something and what what should be the priority for right. us. Because To me, the answer is, do you have peace about it or do you not have peace about it? Yeah, and, I guess that's... And, and that make, that's not gray. I mean, you either do or you don't. I mean, either, you know, if, if you don't have peace about going and running this weekend... And you're just tore out of frame, and you're oh, yeah. Then then it's the wrong thing to do. It's probably still not a gray area. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. may call it a gray area, but that's a good point. Um, you know, if if I'm sitting in a deer stand on Sunday morning, you know, instead of going to church, there's a good chance I'm not going to have peace with it, or I may. You know, it de- it depends on the circumstances, and that's why I think it's it's dangerous when we just cast blame on people or cast judgment on people, and saying. You know, whatever it's, everybody's individual, and everybody either has peace with something or I don't, or they don't, and we we can't judge that. That's I mean, right. That's yeah. We don't we don't know what their motives are. We don't know what God's calling them to do. But our human nature makes us do that anyway. So I have this this thing where this 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 morning, I had to change my team's workout schedule. I meant to do it this weekend. Didn't do it this weekend. I did it this morning. So it was or last night. It was a it was a surprise to them. Several people, several didn't show up because it was last minute, and all. And my first my first thought is, well, just just adjust, yeah. just adjust, right? But then on the backside, then then you, 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 reality sets in, and you're like, it was my fault <laughs> yeah. that they didn't know. A week ahead of time, or three days ahead of time, which is right. what they should have known. Uh, that was my fault. I created the problem. Don't get upset about the problem you created. Right? <laughs> we do that all the time. I do that all the time. You know, I do that all the time. Uh, Your lack of planning is not my emergency. Yeah, yeah. We've, <laughs> I've heard that before. Are you giving as much devotion to a relationship with God as you are to running? Hmm. That's a convicting question for me, you know, because I run every day. And so, you know, I find myself thinking, you know, I talk with God every day. But and, and I, I do this all the time with myself. I'm like, well, am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the truth is there isn't enough. Right. Right. So you, you can't get yourself into that, that thought of, am I doing enough for God? Because newsflash, we can't do enough. <laughs> Right. Period. So don't don't get yourself tied up in knots about whether or not you're doing enough or are you doing what you can is the question. Yeah, right? but I also think there there's some comfort. I don't really know how to phrase this. Maybe I can figure it out. The, to me, there's some comfort in God convicting me when... I'm not spending as much time with him as I should. And that may sound weird, but it's comforting because I I know that I'm close enough to God yeah. to hear him. Even though I've strayed 
far enough away for him to say, hey, back over here. Yeah. There, there is a level of comfort knowing that I'm close enough to be able to hear his voice and, and be able to adjust. The danger is when we start doing those things that take us away from God and you stop hearing him. Yeah. And that means that you're really far away. And that's that's the dangerous point. So when you, you know, these things that we talk about and, and I say I'm convicted about, you know, and then you talk to people and they say, well, that doesn't bother me at all. That that could be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, that, that something should bother you and it doesn't bother you. And I'm sure there's things for me that that's the case. But with, with things, the things that we've been talking about, it's comforting. It's like we used to say to athletes, you know, young athletes. If you you should you should wear it as a badge of honor when the coach is just riding you all the time. Yeah. And it's because he sees the potential in you and he's doing this to make you better. When you should start worrying is when the coach stops correcting you. Yeah. It's true. And that's when the coach is kind of written you off. Now, God doesn't write us off, <laughs> and God doesn't stop talking to us. So that's kind of a bad example in that term. But many times we get far enough away to we're not hearing him, yeah. and that is a dangerous place to be in. It's Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I just had a, a conversation with an athlete last week where she's been struggling. I mean, she's looked horrible in practice and stuff, and you can see the frustration in her face with where she is right now. And so um, I've, I pulled her aside. And you've done this with, with athletes. I've seen you do it a number of times where you pull them aside and you remind them who they are, mm-hmm. right? You remind them that you're still that same girl who ran fast this past spring. Mm-hmm. You're the same girl. Don't, don't think you're anybody else just because you're struggling right now. And relax a little bit and know that it's coming. Uh, this morning she had a really good workout, mm. and uh, it was really good to see. That's what God does to us, right? Mm-hmm. He pulls us aside and sa- and reminds us who we are, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's really really good to feel that. I'm just afraid that sometimes, <laughs> I'm afraid sometimes I'm kidding myself because you know we all do that. You remember the the early days of American Idol when people would come on there to sing and they would be we all awful. Need to Simon our life. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. And I like when God Simon Cowell's me yeah. because I need that occasion. I need that smack across the head going, will you just shut up, you moron? And Dean is not comparing God to Simon Cowell. Let's <laughs> say that right now. Uh, for sure. The email that we may get. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we need that brutal honesty sometimes. We, do. we need, we've said it in here before. We need those people in our life because sometimes God will speak through Dean and that New Jersey attitude to me <laughs> and say, hey, that's a boneheaded mover. I don't think that's a good idea. We we have to have that in our life. But in our society nowadays, people saying, you don't need that. All you need is positivity, the power of positivity. No, there's power in getting knocked upside the head and saying, you, you bonehead, <laughs> you're messing up. Once again, there's power in both. Right, exactly. Yep. Yep. You gotta have you gotta have you gotta have those people who are edifying you and building you up, but you've also gotta have snap out of it, Mitchell. You know, this yep. is where my wife is just incredible at both. Yeah. She's the most edifying, caring, loving, but she will also say, Hey, get over it. Except you're, she you're, except she looks you in the face and she says it in this really low voice. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you you can't help but pay attention. Yeah. You, the old commercials when E. F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Right. You yeah. Know, that's kind of how it is with Holly. It's like when Holly speaks, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you feel about this big. <laughs> yeah. 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 It happens. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. More times than it should. But, um. <laughs> Last question. Uh, are you using the sport of running to share God's love with others? I like to think we are. Uh, I'm hoping that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that's what we're doing. Uh, uh, and, and it's amazing how many opportunities God gives us. And you know what I recognize this past weekend, I ran a race and I haven't run many races and it's the first, first race I've run in Chattanooga. Um, I don't know why it hit me so hard this time, but there were so many people and I'm talking about the guy who won the race who I hardly know. Um, several other guys are really, really good runners and they're all calling me by name. They're watching me mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm watching them, but they're, they're watching me too. And I don't even know them really mm-hmm. well. And it's, you hope that the reason they're watching is because there's something different about you. You know, you're, it's not just the fact that I'm a fast old guy, but he wears that run for God singlet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is there something about that that I need? And uh, God just gives us so many opportunities that we, we're not even paying attention to. I know I, John Gilpin ran a 9.23 for that two-miler this past week. That's pretty fast. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's he came up to me after the race, and we're talking like like we're best friends. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I know, I know who he is. Actually, I knew his name. Mm-hmm. And then after he started talking, I realized who he was. <laughs> That's how little I knew about him, right? Yeah. So, um, but God gives us these these platforms and these opportunities to well, share. And, and I think that's why ministry is just, is so important. We we use this platform of running as ministry, but you know, you go back to you go back to the first question, and it says, "Is your dream in life or your desire to run greater than your desire to submit your life to God?" It's it's not. This is kind of at the crossroads where I was eleven years ago. It's you know, you you think that if something's an idol in your life, you got to get rid of it. And that's not true. You know, s- some of the greatest ministries come out of mm. idols. It's it's your motivation. It's what you're doing. I either got to give it up or I got to give it to God. Yeah. And some of the greatest ministries came as a result of exactly where we were. You know, yeah. that's why I love all these ministries that are out there nowadays. And, um, you know, I think about, you know, hunting ministries and fishing ministries. Mm-hmm. And and if you really boil down and you look at the people that started these things, it's people who had let that sport, that thing, that hobby, whatever it is, become too much in their life. And they found themselves exactly where I did. Yeah. And, okay, God, because God gives us gifts. He, yeah. he, he gave me the gift of running, while it may not be fast running, but I enjoyed it. I loved it. Same thing for you. Mm-hmm. He, he gave you the gift to be faster. Mm-hmm. But th- those are those are gifts that he gives us for a reason, and if mm-hmm. we can take those and we can use them to share the love of Christ with other people, that is at the heart of ministry. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had many people come up to me through the years and say, "I love to do this. Do you think that could be a ministry?" And my answer is always, "Yeah, yeah. absolutely." Yeah. You know, take your passion because. For every passion, for every sport, for every hobby, for every whatever, there's an enormous platform there. Yeah. And for many of them, it's a platform that is void of a 
spiritual mouthpiece. Yeah. You know, there's more and more nowadays, but we, we need a spiritual mouthpiece in every platform. Every platform, absolutely. Um, and so yeah. if, if, you're, if your passion is whatever. crocheting yeah. or whatever, there's somebody you know, out there that be else. that person in mm-hmm. your industry, in your field of your hobby or whatever it is, be the person just like you talked about who you show up at that event or that summit or whatever. And you're the person that's shining Christ. Yeah. That could turn into something that you don't even have a clue what God may be up to. And that's the heart of ministry. That's uh, absolutely While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we are back. And so, do you know of any swimmers to look for in the Olympics? You know, I don't pay any attention to swimming until the Olympics come up. And I'm sure a lot of people are that way about track and field. But are you paying any attention to swimming? I haven't. I mean, Lane's been watching quite a bit. He watched all the trials and everything. But I I, I really don't. I don't pay attention to much of the buildup. I I got more cued in on the track and field than I ever have this year. Um, But, no, I didn't Because Dean's got a big mouth. Yeah, because you talk about it nonstop, so I have to pay attention. But swimming, no, I really haven't been following it. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is this is July, so the Tour de France has been on, so that's yeah taking a lot of my focus. Speaking of which, Mark Cavendish didn't get the title. Uh, He's tied. Uh, he was he was ten yards on the final stage. Did you see it? I did. Just and watched. He it was last just night. banging his handlebars because yeah. he wanted it so bad. It was so close. Um, it was. But no, I haven't been paying attention to the swimming. Yeah, that's. Uh, did you? And you, we we've had some athletes test positive for COVID now. See, I saw this. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, a gymnast um, tested positive, and a tennis player from the United States have tested positive. Some other athletes from some other nations have tested positive, and. Right now, the infections are going up in the vaccinated countries. You know, the Israel, the infections are going up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but here's, this is an interesting stat about the whole COVID thing right now, is that apparently there are hundreds of people in the hospital right now in L.A. County with COVID. Yeah, they just implemented, while I was there, on Friday, you didn't have to wear a mask in, in public places, and on Saturday, you did. Wow. So, we and we left on Monday. The, uh, but... Uh, of the hundreds of people that they have in the hospitals, zero of them, zero, are vaccinated or people that were vaccinated. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not trying to talk people into vaccinations. To, uh, that's no, not that's not, not what we're here about. But that is interesting and it is informational, uh, good information to have. I think in when you make your decision, because everybody's got a decision to make. Sure. On what they do. So, uh, yeah. We've, we've always had surprises, you know, at the Olympics where, you know, somebody tests positive for steroids or something. Mm-hmm. Now the surprise is they test positive for COVID. Uh, this, it's really a weird thing to, uh, to, to see. Some of it's just, 
I shouldn't say comical because there's nothing about this situation that is comical. But, you know, like Lane had to have a COVID test the day before his yeah. race this weekend. And we were at an open water swim. He did an open water race on Friday night. And we were there. And it's sanctioned by USA Triathlon. It's part of this Legacy Triathlon weekend. And there, there are hundreds of people down on the beach getting ready to watch this. We've been down there for a couple hours, everybody mingling. And right before the race starts, the announcer comes on and says, all right, if you have a mask, please put it on. <laughs> I'm like, we've been standing here for hours talking and mingling. And so, yeah, some of it's just, it makes you scratch your head. Yeah, and that's one of the sad things about this whole thing is there's so much speculation out there. Yeah. And I know people call it misinformation, but the truth is we don't really know yeah. because there's so much out there that some of it true, some of it not true, and you don't know what's true and what's not yeah, true. that's the tough thing. That really is. I think it's just an individual kind of assessment for everybody. So we'll have to see. So I heard somebody use the example of if they were talking about young people, somebody who's young and healthy, you know, whether or not they should get the vaccination is different than if you're 65 years old. Mm-hmm. and have comorbidities and, and that kind of thing. And they said, if if you needed a, a, a loaf of bread, do you think about getting in the car and going to drive to the store to get that loaf of bread? Because there's a chance you could die in the car on the way to get that loaf of bread from the mm-hmm. car wreck, right? I mean, yeah. it's possible. It could happen. Um, and we don't think about that. Yeah. But we think about everything in terms yeah. of this uh, this disease. So it's or sick, sickness, virus, whatever, virus. That's, I guess that's the right, sure. right thing. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's interesting that, uh, we, we've become more scared of this than, than we have just about anything else we've ever had before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, everybody can look at their own individual situation to decide what to do. But now it is time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this week, we're going to talk about truth. Hmm. Now that we're talking about all this misinformation out there, we're going to talk about truth. Um, There are a few places where we know the truth. Um, And my mother, she was big on being truthful. I remember her saying all the time, Dean Allen, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's a liar. (laughs) It got to the point as I got older, she said, Dean Allen, tell him. If there's one thing I can't stand, what is it? I'm like, it's a liar. It's a liar. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is called the truth. The truth was very important to my mother. I don't know how many times she made it crystal clear to me. I remember thinking, how in the world does she always know when I'm lying to her? It took several years to realize that kids are just terrible liars. (laughs) It wasn't her her magic as much as it was my ineptitude. As a kid, I didn't want to accept the truth. If I was told that I couldn't go to the amusement park with my friends, for example, I would make up all sorts of persuasive tales to get my mother to switch her no to yes. I would say anything. Of course, it never worked. I remember the anguish I would cause for myself because I just didn't understand why I couldn't go. I was twisting myself into knots over it, but that didn't help. But you know what did help? Facing the truth. Once I accepted reality, I was able to move past the annoyance of that decision. So what does my childhood disappointments have to do with running? I find that a lot of people want to make running something that it's not. They want it to be easy. They see others out doing it, and they look happy. They look content. But there's one thing they don't know about the cheerful look on that runner's face. That runner has faced the truth. 
And the truth is that running is not easy. It may look easy when watching someone else do it, but it's not. Just like I was much better off when I understood that no matter what I said, I wasn't going to the amusement park, we're all better off if we realize that running is supposed to be hard. That's what makes it worthwhile. That's where the benefit lies. It is in the uncomfortableness of the run that we find out about ourselves. It's where we grow both physically and mentally. We must embrace truth. Running is hard. We have a problem in our world today, though. We don't like to be uncomfortable, for sure, but it's even worse than that. I don't know how many times I've heard people use the phrase, my truth. There is no such thing as multiple truths on one topic. You can have different circumstances, but not different truths. The Bible tells us in John 8.32 that the truth will set us free. So many people today want to be able to do what they want to do regardless of their circumstances. You want an example? It's why so many people are in debt to a degree they may never get out. They don't want to face the truth that they can't afford that new car, so they borrow more money than they can to pay that they can pay back. Or maybe they attend a college that is much more expensive than they can afford, so they take out tens of thousands of dollars in student loans. In the moments of signing for a loan, we all believe we'll be able to pay it back, but reality is often different. Sometimes we just don't like the truth, so we convince ourselves we see an alternate world. I hope I'm not stepping on any toes, but sometimes the truth is tough. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There are many forces in the world trying to tell us things are different than they are. Many of them are what the Bible is calling high things that exalt themselves against God. If you read through to the end of the book, we know what happens in the end. We must stay focused on who God is and what he has done for us. It is part of our weapons for warfare. Truth is important. Many people look at the gospel and think, that can't be true. It's too simple. But the truth is that it is that simple. Some people look at running and think it looks easy and some think it's difficult. Whether we're talking about the gospel or running, embracing the truth is critical to finding joy in either. Embrace the truth today and you may find a better tomorrow. Man, that's a great story, Dean. <clears throat> As we've always said, running gets easier, but it doesn't get easy, right? Mm -hmm. that's, we want it to be easy, but again, there's, there's no value in it if there's easy it's the resistance when you lift weights it's the fact there's resistance it's the hard part that's what resistance is um, that's what makes us better you know it's 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 funny that you you mentioned some financial things in there I, you know I, I i love to listen to dave ramsey and, and he says something that that really sticks out in it and it cuts across all anything you do and you can put running into this category but he's famous for saying um, adults devise a plan and follow it. Children do what feel good, what feels good. And we are. We're, we're at the point in our society where everybody wants to feel good. Devising a plan and following it is many times it's hard. Mm -hmm. A training plan is hard. If we just always did what feels good in running, 
we wouldn't would, run. We would, we would never <laughs> get to that race. Many times we would never even start. And so adults devise a plan and follow it. Children do what feels good. Well, I've seen many young adults, young people who work hard, they have a plan, and they go for it. And I've seen very, I've seen many grown adults who act like children. That is that is not an age statement. That is a that is a um, I don't know what to say. It's it's a it's a it's kind of an attitude and and, and a, a maturity. A maturity, yeah, that's yeah. the word I was looking yeah. for. My mind went blank there. It's yeah. a maturity thing. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I mean that that statement holds true for just about every area of our life. You know, if if we do what feels good when it comes to the gospel, we'd never bow our head in prayer because we're yeah. going to get faced when we bow our head and talk to God. He's going to confront us about things. And so many people don't want to be confronted with the truth nowadays. And yeah. rest assured, when you bow your head and talk to God, he's going to confront you with truth. Yeah. And sometimes that hurts. Yep. But just like we talked about all through this podcast, it's going to make you better. And and I brought up in here that the truth, the tr- that the truth is pretty simple. It's pretty black and white in in most cases. And that's why people have a hard time with the gospel mm-hmm. because they're being told that things should be complicated, that complicated is better. Sophisticated. Sophisticated we, is a lot of the, we're back yeah. on that theme again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, intellectuals love to, to look at it and go, there's just no way. You know, the Bible can't be true. Look at the silliness that's in the Bible. It's just, it's just silly, right? Yeah. And so it can't be true. It's hard to believe that because we have the knowledge of how, how the world works today, and we read the Bible and go, oh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, the, the flood, what? No way. The, the sea parted? No, nah, that can't happen. You know, and that, and so they look at those stories and they go, they, they, those things can't happen. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that's sad. But there, there's evidence for the truth of the Bible. Um, well, people for, have tried, all, a bit, tried to discredit it for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. And yet it remains the number one best-selling book of all time. It's because it's truth. Right. And and I think the crux of it is there's, I love apologetics, and I love to talk about why the Bible is true based on scientific evidence and those kinds of things and all that. It's great to talk about that. But here's the other thing. I know how I feel. Well, yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. Feel. Peace is not something you can buy or explain. That's right. It's something that's deep down inside of you. And when you have peace about something... That's all the proof you need. And and it's why it's so powerful when somebody takes somebody uh, like the guy, that the cold case Christianity guy. He went out to discredit the Bible, and he found peace in the truth of the Bible, and it just radically transformed his life. And that's what happens when you're confronted with the truth and you accept it. You know, it's not just believing. Mm-hmm. It's accepting. And... Yeah, I think you're spot on here. Yeah, I, I, I think about this. Uh, the, if you've never had a relationship with God, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. It, then, then all you are is you're using reason and logic, and you're not, you're not understanding. And so I think it's important for us to understand people can't feel what we feel, and we can't expect them to. And so we kind of have to try to 
share that feeling. And that's when it comes to, it's not just about telling them what Run for God is, it's about telling them your story and about why you feel like you feel. Because that's what makes them want to search things out. Just, just telling them, hey, these, these Bible stories are true isn't going to make them want to search them out. But what's going to make them search them out is, here's how it's made a difference in my life. You know, that, that whole physical side of, of, of witnessing can't be overstated. You know, I heard somebody recently say about Paul um, that he had to be so bold just because of his reputation. The, in order for people to take him that. seriously, he had to go 100 miles an hour in the other direction. Um, and and when it's why I thank God that we we can't save people. You know, it's and it's because... If it's just our words, yeah, that that God relied on to save people, nobody nobody would ever get saved because when we talk with our words, people are using logic. Yeah, but it's what the Holy Spirit does in the process that they can't see, they can't reason, they can't lot. There's no logic in it. You know, is it Hebrews eleven one? It says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." It's it's something that happens inside of you, and, and it's something that nobody can explain. We can explain it as children of God, but to the the scientific world, to the the atheist agnostic world, to the other religions of the world, they can't explain it. And it, and it's why it's it's what it's 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 where God works yeah. is through the Holy Spirit, and it's. When the Holy Spirit sets in on somebody's life and convicts them to become a child of God, that's why it's so powerful. That's why it will turn. It will take people from being a persecutor of Christians like Paul to, mo- to the loudest mouthpiece in favor of this life. It's, it's why it takes somebody like the guy I can't remember his name now who who wrote Cold Case Christianity, who was going out to discredit Christianity and brought them in to be the loudest mouthpiece of Christianity. And yeah. that's why you know that this is real is because you can't explain that. Right. Nobody can explain that. Right. Just like you can't explain how the world was flooded, you can't explain how William Fay I talked about on our podcast not too long ago, how a guy who, you know, ran brothels and and was tied right. in with had ties with the mob becomes a Christian who shares his faith openly every day. Right. You, you can't you can't explain that. No. It's the same same thing, and that's modern day. So people sure. say, "Well, we don't. Why don't we have floods these days? Why don't we have the the things we had in the biblical times? Why don't we have those today?" We do. Yeah, we do. They're just a different. We form. just we chalk them up to something else. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things.
All right, so I asked Gay this question last week, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Why do you think the Olympics are in summer and winter, and we don't have at least one of them in the fall or the spring when the weather's better? I never. I did. That's it, a good question. That question just hit me, and I thought, you know, because I'm always the, the summer Olympics is always so hot, you know, and it's especially for things like the marathon. Yeah, it, it has a huge impact on the race. Uh, and I wonder why in the world do we have the summer Olympics? Why don't we have the spring Olympics when the weather's better? I think. We do you should. know the answer to that? I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. Um, that could be an alternate trivia question for this week. If somebody knows the answer to that, please email Dean at runforgod.com. <laughs> and we'll send you a run club box. All right. If you send the, if you send the answer to that question, and we'll send you a run club yeah. box because that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason. I haven't researched it, but I... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's the alternate run for God trivia question this week. And I'm assuming the summer Olympics came before the winter Olympics. I'm, I'm assuming the winter Olympics were something that came after the summer Olympics were, uh, I've been around since ancient times, yeah, all of those no, events. There, there's but, no modern, there was no ancient snowboarding. Right. Yeah. There's no skiing. I don't guess. Maybe, the, maybe. Not, not snowboarding, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a recent thing. Um, anyway. I just thought it was an interesting thought. Um, of course, you can't have the winter. The winter, winter Olympics kind of have to be in the winter. True. Because in the spring and the fall, in most places, you don't have enough snow on the ground to do well, a lot of the events You can make there. snow nowadays. That's, well, that's true. It's true. You're good. Yeah. 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 All right. Here, Here's another question. How do you compare athletes from generation to generation? <laughs> this goes on all the time. Yeah, I know. You know. I know. I think it's LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I mean, yeah. that, who's better? Who, who's asked, how many times has that question been asked? Yeah, yeah. Even though I think it's Michael Jordan, oh, for sure. There's no, no question doubt. about it. That's not even a. But these debate. young people today will absolutely vehemently. That's because they don't know Michael Jordan. Argue to your blue in the face. They're yeah. blue in the face. So, uh, yeah, I don't blame them. But you know, I I think Jim Ryan is the one I was thinking about. Um, I can't imagine what Jim Ryan could do today. Uh, Jim Ryan was just, he was a freak. I mean, he, you know, in the 1964 Olympics when he was 17 years old, um, world record holder before he was 20, um, in, a, in an event that typically more mature folks are, are world record holders, there's just no telling what that guy could have done today. Talk about a guy who was, who was putting his head down and working hard. Jim Ryan was running 100-mile weeks in high school mm -hmm. uh, to do all that. Anyway, I just think it's interesting to think about Jim Ryan versus um, um, uh, what's his name, Chepta guy, uh, not Chepta guy. Um, who's the fifteen hundred meter guy these days? Um, ah, his name is his name is. You're the one that's supposed to know all these names. Oh well, I'm so bad with names. <laughs> anyway, um, the guy, a lot of those guys start sounding the same though. Kipchoge, Chepta guy. They really do. Yeah, and this is another Kenyan name. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, but he's amazing to watch, and I don't know. I don't know if you watch. I don't know if you watch the Olympic trials. Um, he won the Olympic trials, not the Olympic trials. He won the latest Diamond League meet, mm. and um, he's got the worst running form you've ever seen. He looks terrible when he's running. I mean, it looks like it's almost a joke. Who is this guy running in the front of this race? And he loves to run from the front. And he doesn't. He's not one of these sit and kick guys, and um, he just. He runs kind of upright and bent over from the waist. I mean, mm. just completely wrong. Man, he can fly. But I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay, let's, let me ask this question. 
because this is kind of a reoccurring theme. Because we we've talked about this before with young athletes, but let's let's say this just in general. Which is better to have a rock solid, no holds bar. I will do just about anything. Work ethic or lots of raw talent, which is better in this in sport like this. Yeah, it's a good question because. Of course, the greats all, all have both, um, but some, but not all. Yeah, I'd say the great ones all have both. Yeah, but there's a lot of good ones that don't have both. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a good question because there are there are some people who are better than they should be because they work so hard. I mean, I, I guess one. one one sport that kind of stands out where you can you can see it a lot is the sport of golf. Yeah. You know, you have cuz it's all comes down to a natural flowing beautiful swing. And then you have people like Chichi Rodriguez mm-hmm. who just <laughs> I mean but Chichi had an incredible work ethic. I mean, yeah. he it, I don't know. That's just an interesting question. Yeah, there, of, there's always some of both, yeah. and, and what we really we love to see the Chichi Rodriguez's of the world who have that ugly swing, but but play well because they work so hard. Yeah. But then you got the other extreme. You got the John Daly's, who, you know, won a PGA Championship, and is just not what a hard could, worker. What could he have done? Yeah, well, that's what you wonder that. Yeah. You wonder that. But then you wonder, well, you know, does, does the guy burn out when he's young if he worked that hard and never played go- professional golf? Right. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it is, it's always an interesting thought to think, think about both of those things, for yeah. sure. All right. All right. We have a trivia question for this week, and it is an easy one. Um, people should know that. You should know, know this, this off one. the top of your head. And as I'm saying that, Mitchell's saying, I don't know this one. <laughs> I don't know this one. All right. Um, all right. So here's the question. What do the five Olympic rings signify? Hmm, I got some. Yeah, this is. Uh, we were just at the Coliseum in L.A. Is that right? This weekend, where they had the Olympic rings, yeah. right there on the side of it. Yeah, right there. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Our tour guide should have told us that. Yeah. So, uh, so do some research if you don't know what those five Olympic rings signify, and uh, and get back to us and send that to Dean at RunForGod.com. And if you know why there's no fall and spring Olympics, send that too. Yeah, send that too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll send out two winners this week, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, don't send that to Messenger or, or customer service at runforgod.com. Make sure it's dean at runforgod.com. The first person who sends the correct answer will get a Run Club box. And don't forget to send your, your T-shirt size. And your address. Send us your current address. A lot of you folks, we've got your address, but sometimes we're not sure if it's a current address. We've moved and yeah. So uh, so send us your not yeah. only your size, but send it to Dean at RunForGod.com, not Messenger. That's right. Not customer service, but right. Dean at RunForGod.com. That way he knows who is the first one to send it. That's right. That's right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is the reason why it's an awesome this week. It makes me care more about biology. <laughs> you know, we want to understand how the body works better um, because we push it so hard. And you, we're trying to figure out how do we get more out of our body. And so if we understand how the body works better, we can, we can do things to, 
to make our bodies work better. And so I, it just makes me think about biology more, just mm. the fact that I'm a runner. Uh, I don't think I'd care how muscles worked right. as long as they worked if I wasn't a runner. Mm. And maybe if I was in another sport, maybe I would care. But that's, you know. It's a good thought. Why, why does anybody care what kind of muscle fibers we have? <laughs> Our motivational thought for the week. Stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. And that's a Tony Robbins thing. I think I mentioned on here once before I saw a documentary on Tony Robbins one time. He is one intense dude. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, now you got to be ready for some non-biblical things right. if you're watching Tony Robbins. But, um, man, he's an intense dude. All right, we're so proud of what you're doing out there. Keep it up. Keep supporting one another. Keep glorifying God in all that you do. And may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.